this morning and Lord you are a way maker God you are Yahweh Shalom the Lord my peace God sometimes though there's a lot of voices that vie for our attention to pull us away God off the path Lord to try and lead us astray God into condemnation despair even pride and self-will but Lord you are here today God you are the way maker for us and I pray Lord that today you would make the way for us Lord to hear your voice in your word I pray you bless your word anoint it with your Holy Spirit help us to be focused on you and our ears tuned to your Holy Spirit today and we ask this in Jesus name amen on average, the Social Security Administration, the SSA, mistakenly now reports 6,000 to 14,000 people as dead. Can you believe that? Even though they are very much alive. Some years ago, I read about this 50-year-old mother of two uh, suddenly stopped receiving her disability checks and she, her loan payments and her rent checks bounce. Well, when she went to the bank to find out what was happening, the bank told her that her account had been closed because she was dead. And in order to reopen her account, she had to go to the SSA's office and give proof of life. Isn't that crazy? And what is that? Well, that is to personally come in, bring the amended death certificate and a photo ID. But even with that, the article said it took two to three months for her to correct the mistake, for them to correct the mistake. Well, she complained in an article that if it only took the click of a key to pronounce somebody dead, then why can't it even take like 30 minutes to make them alive? Yeah, I, I agree, right? Especially if you're standing right there. I mean, wouldn't that be enough of the proof of life? Well, as we return to our study in 1 Thessalonians, Paul gives evidence showing that Thessalonian believers are truly God's children and that they truly have new life in Jesus. And that is what this evidence he's going to list. That is the proof of life. And that's the title of our message this morning, the proof of life. We're going to be studying 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 from verse 5 through 10. And uh, we're going to finish, we're going to complete this chapter here with these verses. Now, the proof of life is found in three things, and this is our outline. Number one, your joy and salvation. Number two, your walk of faith. And number three, your love for Jesus. So, the proof of life, first of all, is found in number one, your joy in salvation. That's our heading, our first heading here, your joy in salvation. We're going to be taking in this section uh, verses 5 and 6. But first, take a look at verse 5 with me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. It says here, Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction, you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. Well, we begin with the word because, Paul writes here. Now, it, it really come, we come right into the middle of a sentence to which what, what we ended last time. Last time in verse 4, Paul wrote how he knows these Thessalonian believers are loved by God and are chosen to be his children. You remember we ended with that thought. You remember in verse 3, 
Uh, it, it, it told him that. It's, how does he know that? Well, your work of faith, your labor of love, your steadfast of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in verse 3. Well, then here in verse 5 through 10, we go on as Paul adds even more things to their proof of life, which I'm really labeling it here. Okay, so as Paul, he knows they are truly chosen children of God because, he writes here, of how the Thessalonians received the gospel when it was shared. That's what he's talking about here. Paul says they received it just not just as words, like not just some speech that went out, but the gospel was shared with the power, and that is with the Holy Spirit that spoke with full conviction. The word conviction means like assurance or confirming, Paul's writing here, that what was being said, what was shared with them about the gospel was true, which proved now, he says, that Paul and his team were sent from God with his message of salvation, with with the gospel, basically, of how to be saved. So, when the Thessalonians accepted Jesus, when they received Jesus, it was not the result of some fancy speech, right? It was not someone just, oh, talking real good. But it was the moving of the Holy Spirit. So, Paul knows the Thessalonians are truly chosen children of God because they received the gospel as the word of God. So that, that's the idea here, right here in verse 5. Now, turn to a moment to the right to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and look at verse 13. He, he really describes their heart here over in chapter 2, verse 13. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, talking about the same thing in verse 5, chapter 1, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. So you see what Paul is saying here. Hey, you know, I know you guys are chosen because, you know, you received it. This, this, this word of God made effect and impact on your life in that way that you received it as his word. And then back to chapter 1, verse 6, Paul goes on and says, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with, look here, the joy of the Holy Spirit. So when the Thessalonians accepted Jesus, when they received Jesus, when they heard the gospel and the word of God, a couple things happened here. First of all, the Thessalonians lived this new kind of life. They became imitators of both the missionaries who came to them, to Paul and his team, and, he says, of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. Interesting here, the word imitators, it means mimic. It means copy. And that's how they lived their lives. They imitated how they lived. They learned and imitated how the Lord lived, and that's how they lived their lives. You know, the old King James Version translates this word as follow. But I like the accuracy of the ESV because that's what the word literally means is imitators here. Not just follow, but imitate. And I think we need to put that into our minds to imitate how Jesus lived. I mean, we could say, oh, we follow, and sometimes we don't follow that well, right? But we're still there behind Jesus. But to imitate, to say I imitate, says even more and brings it up another level. Well, we're going to see more in this next section of their change of life. 
The other thing we see here in this verse is that the Thessalonians, Paul writes, received and believed the word of truth, like he was mentioning in verse 5, despite now much affliction. Now remember this church was born under persecution. Remember when Paul came in, people started to believe, and some of the Jewish leaders came in and hired this mob to come in and, 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 and come after them, and they had to escape. Well, this church was born under a lot of suffering and persecution. But Paul says, yet you guys were filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So Paul knows the Thessalonians are truly Chosen children of God because, he says, nothing could take away that joy of the Spirit that, that, that the Spirit gave them in salvation. Nothing could take away that joy of salvation. In a commentary by uh, Thomas Constable, he wrote this, Yet in spite of trials without, the Thessalonian believers possess joy within, and I like what he said, the joy of sins forgiven. And I love that thought, you guys, right? I love that thought when you come to Christ and he forgives us and, and he, 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 he frees us from that guilt and the sin. And, and we just, that burden is, is lifted and we have that joy that the Spirit gives us. So here's what Paul sees, and this is the point here. The impact of the gospel is powerfully shown by your joy and salvation even with opposition. The impact of the gospel is powerfully shown by your joy in salvation, even with opposition. And, and that's our heading. It's, it's worked into this point here. This is what is evidence, the proof of life, that Jesus has come into their life, that the power of the word of God has changed them, and the spirit has come in, and they have this joy, even in times of opposition. You know, many years ago, a Russian czar through the wife of a, one of the noblemen there in prison for, you know what, receiving Jesus, for her faith in accepting Jesus. Well, after 24 hours in prison, the czar brought her back to himself and said, are you ready now to renounce your silly faith and come back, as, come back to the pleasures of the court? And you know what she said? She said, I have no more real joy and more real happiness in one day in prison with Jesus than I have known in a lifetime in the courts of the czar. That's where real joy is, you guys. That's where, where we find that joy, in salvation, right? Well, that's what Paul saw in the Thessalonians. It was real. The power of the Word and the power of the Holy Spirit has come into their lives, and even with persecution, even with opposition, even with hard times going they still followed Jesus. They still imitated him. They still lived for Jesus. You know what I was thinking? I was asking myself, and I asked you this morning, have you lost that joy of salvation? Do you still have that joy? Remember the joy? Remember that excitement when you first came to Christ? Remember when those burdens were lifted and the guilt was gone and you were forgiven? Remember that, that feeling? Remember when the Holy Spirit came and you had this joy and you're, you're worshiping and praising God with this joy because of all that God has done in saving you. You, re you remember when you came to the Lord, nothing stopped you, right, from seeking God, from going to church, from worshiping Him, from, from taking time to being with Him in the morning. Remember how excited you were to just be with God? Remember how the Holy Spirit Seems so strong. 
And then what happens today? What stops you so easily now? You know, God is rekindling that fire. God is putting in our hearts, stirring us up today to remember that joy of salvation. Don't let it go out. Maybe you're, you're there. Praise the Lord. You have that joy. You're excited for Jesus. You come to church. Woo-hoo, we get to worship. We get to study His Word. Well, do not let it go out. Perhaps, you know what? Sometimes the joy goes because Jesus is no longer at home in your heart. You know, when the queen is, is in Buckingham Palace, they put the flag up, right? You ever heard about that? Well, a Robert Rainey once said this in, in relating to that. Joy is the flag which is flown from the castle of the heart when the king is in residence there. Isn't that good? Is Jesus at home in your heart? If he is, you're going to have that joy. Okay, so the proof of life is found in your joy in salvation. These guys had this joy, and, and they were changed, and they're walking with the Lord. Well, number two in our outline is this, your walk of faith. Your walk of faith. Let's go on here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We're gonna, this is going to cover verse 7 and 8, but first take a look at verse 7. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7. So that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. We'll stop there. Now, the Thessalonians have become an example of someone who has been transformed by Jesus, who, have, who has new life in Jesus. And Paul says that all the believers now in Macedonia, which is the whole area of northern Greece where Thessalonica is, where the city is, and Achaia, which is actually like the county to the south of Thessalonica, like the southern part of Greece. So, so this whole area now, Macedonia, Achaia, they have heard about these Thessalonians as imitators of Jesus, like we saw in verse 6. They have truly shown what a changed life is like and, and what they believe in. That's really the idea Paul is getting into here. So you can see their walk of faith, Paul talks about here, in Jesus Christ, that's our heading. So Paul knows the Thessalonians are truly children of God because they themselves are now spiritual examples. They're living this life. They're living that new life. The word example means exact reproduction. In other words, these Thessalonians were a perfect model for other believers to look to, to follow, to copy, to be imitators of. If anyone wanted to know how Jesus can transform a life, you know what Paul said? Paul said, everyone looks to you. Paul is pointing to the Thessalonians. As a matter of fact, they had such a good reputation, all the surrounding areas heard of their testimony. Everywhere, he's going to say next. So Paul knows, Paul knows that, that these guys are children of God because they're of their spiritual example. Now, I was thinking that the question is not who is an example for us or not, because, you know, we are all examples, right? We are all examples, like it or not. The question is, are you a good example or are you a bad example? Are you modeling what's great and what Christ can do in life? Are you modeling someone who isn't walking with the Lord? Verse 8, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere 
so that we need not say anything. Now, not only has their testimony, Paul's saying, sounded forth. You know, in the original language in the Greek, sounded forth means reverberated. I didn't say that right. (laughs) Reverberated. Reverberated. Well, you get the idea, right? Reverberated. It's gone out to the surrounding areas all over in Greece, but the Thessalonians' faith in God had gone forth everywhere. It had gone out everywhere, for they became known for their walk of faith to Christians all over. Remember, the, the city of Thessalonica, it had a major seaport, right? All, all the shipping came through. And on top of that, remember, they, the city sat on the Ignatian Way, the Roman road, the main road, where the trade route, where in, throughout the empire, you know, trade and things were moving back and forth and people were traveling. So their testimony and their witness, people started to talk about it. They had this reputation that people started to see their lives and their testimony witness went out so far and so strong. It made it so that when Paul and his team went out as missionaries, they had no need to say nothing. Yeah. Why? Because their witness was so much out there already. So Paul saying Paul could see the Thessalonians are truly children of God because their testimony of a changed life in Jesus impacted everyone around them, and I would say, and more, and more. I like something Warren Wiersbe, and he put it this way, talking about the Thessalonians. He said, they were both receivers, the word came to them, 1 Thessalonians 1.5, and transmitters, the word went out from them, 1 Thessalonians 1.8. So they were receivers and they were transmitters. They received the word, but they also transmitted the word out through their testimony and their changed life. So here's what Paul sees, and this is the point. Many people have been greatly impacted by the testimony of your walk in faith. That's what Paul's saying. Many people have been greatly impacted by the testimony of your walk in faith. You know, a few, few years back, in August of 2018, when unloading a container of tiles now that was shipped to Maui, workers who were unloading this trucking company found a black animal with white stripes inside. Immediately, they closed it up and called the agriculture inspectors. Guess what they caught? Yes, a skunk. A skunk. There it is. That's off the the article online, the news. They found a skunk inside a container on Maui. There's no skunks in Hawaii, right? Well, that's what they say, right? Well, most likely, because you would smell it. There's no skunks here. And skunks have a bad reputation. You know why, right? From its okole okole glands, it can shoot this sulfur-like smelling defense spray. And you know what they say? It can spray up to 10 feet. (laughs) So watch out if you see one. And you know what? The smell, you cannot wash it out with soap, whole soap and water. That won't work. It lasts for days, sometimes even weeks. And some say uh, there's like, you know, folk, folk kind of remedies of, oh, you, you got to soak in uh, uh, tomato juice, you know. Or um, another thing they're saying, baking soda and hydrogen peroxide works. But some say it's so strong you can smell the, that gross smell up to a mile away. So you understand, skunks have a bad reputation. 
But think about the Thessalonians. Paul's saying, in contrast, the reputation of the Thessalonians have made a positive impact. Their impact have gone out. Their walk of faith is well known. Their radical change of life has shown the proof of life that Jesus can save and change people. You know, the thing is, what kind of testimony do we give? What kind of reputation do we have? Does it accurately show what Jesus can do in a life given over to Him? A life that surrendered to Him? A life that once was for sin in the world, for Satan, but now it's for Jesus and it's changed. What kind of reputation, what kind of life, what kind of model, what, what do you put out there? What kind of testimony, what are you known for? Can someone say to you, you know, when I grow up in Christ and become mature, I want to be like you. Are you known for being that imitator, right? Mimicking Christ? Are you known for, for being a follower of Jesus in, in that way? Do others know that you're all about Jesus? You know, sometimes we think, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have a great testimony. Yeah, Every one of us has a testimony, you guys. Every single one of us. Well, that was a long time ago when I first came to Christ. No, you have a testimony today and how God is working in your life. And how God is helping you in your relationship with God. And how He's come and He's rescued you, saved you, answered prayer. How He's continuing to work in your life as you surrender more. We all have a testimony. We all are growing. Do others know that you are all about Jesus? Long ago, the evangelist Dwight L. Moody stopped a young man on the street and asked him, Are you a Christian? The young man was offended. He said, angrily, he said, it's none of your business. Well, Moody said, I'm sorry if I've offended you, but to be frank, that is my business, since he's an evangelist, right? Well, you know what this young man said? Oh, you must be D.L. Moody. He's heard of him. His reputation had gone out. That he's about Jesus and bringing Jesus to people. What are you about? Let others see in you. And I, the proof of life that's found in your walk of faith. Let's go on to number three, your love for Jesus. Your love for Jesus. We've seen in this proof of life, it's found in your joy and salvation, your walk of faith. And now number three, our last heading, your love for Jesus. And we're going to cover the last two verses here, uh, this chapter, verse 9 and 10. But first look at verse 9. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Okay, so here Paul is saying, you know, wherever I went, right, they, the people in these other areas, wherever we went on our missionary journeys, you know what they reported? You know what they talked about? They shared the kind of reception, how the Thessalonians welcomed Paul and his team, how they were open to, to the message of Jesus in the gospel. And by listening and embracing the gospel message, that's what they were hearing from all these people. In other words, Paul didn't need to say anything, for they already knew the story of how you guys came to believe in Jesus. They're telling us the story of how all this happened. And so that resulted in this radical change, Paul is saying. Here's what we're hearing. This is what's coming back to us. And this is what we see, how you turn to God from idols. When they gave their life to Jesus Christ, when they came and accepted Him, when they received Him into their life and their heart and surrendered their life to Him, you know what? They turn 
to God and turned away from the idols in repentance. See, it must have been such a shocking story, a shocking news to hear of these Gentiles now, most likely were these Gentiles because the Jews were following God, but they, and Gentiles were more into the idols. So the Gentiles in church no longer do what the other locals do, the other Greeks do there, right? No, they no longer worship and believe in those Greek gods, right? In these idols. No more Zeus. No more, no more uh, Poseidon. They don't give homage to Neptune, you know, and his, his giant fork. Or they don't go to the temple Aphrodite, yeah? The Thessalonians said, we're done with them. And probably people are like, what? What? What's going on? We follow Jesus now. We've turned from those idols and these. This is the true and living God. They turned in repentance 180 degrees, right? They did a U-turn and went to serve the living and true God. That's what Paul is saying. Paul could see that Thessalonians are truly chosen children of God because they went against the flow of Greek society and turned their hearts to the living God. That's the idea here. Now, have you ever seen that picture of that one fish swimming in a different direction of the school of fish all around him? That, like that? (laughs) You've seen that before, right? Where it says, go against the flow, right? Well, that's what Paul is saying these Thessalonians were. Yeah, they turned away from the idols for the whole society. They were all into this. They were all into the, the idols. And this was just a society, the culture, the Greek culture and everything. But you know what? They turned away and they were going against the flow. No wonder their witness and testimony was going on. What? These guys? What? They're not doing what we do? What? They went against the flow. And I think sometimes we need to think about what are we doing? Are we going with the flow of the world or are we going against it? and turning to God, our living God, and serving Him. All right, not only that, did they turn their hearts to to the Lord away from idols. Look at verse 10, our last verse here. And Paul writes, And to wait for a son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivered us from the wrath to come. Okay, everyone also, Paul saying, speaks of this, of how you guys wait For his son, and who's that? Jesus, right? God's son, Jesus, to return from heaven. And that is Jesus who not only died, but also rose again from the dead, the one who conquered sin and and death, who had resurrected. He is the one who delivers us from the wrath to come, Paul writes here. Now, Now, we know something about this, the wrath to come. We know that there's an eternal wrath. Now, understand there's a couple of things we could look at wrath here. The eternal wrath or the judgment, right? Jesus saves us through the atonement of our sins. He saves us from our personal sins that are against God and from eternal judgment in hell, right? That's why in Jesus we have eternal life. We have life in heaven. But there is a second kind of wrath and I believe this is what he's talking about and that is earthly wrath and that is when the judgment falls upon the world during the tribulation it's Daniel's 70th week we talked about when we were in Daniel recently it's Jacob's trouble talked about in Old Testament and in this Jesus rescue believers from going through that earthly wrath in the rapture so there's the eternal one but there's an earthly wrath that we will be saved from that, those tribulation years in the rapture. And I believe the context 
here is talking about that. Because here in verse 10, he talks about waiting for the Son. It speaks of Jesus coming for his church. And, and so I believe this speaks of the pre-tribulation rapture that the church will not go through the seven years of tribulation. So I believe, yeah, we know that, that we're waiting for Jesus to save us from that earthly wrath to come. Now we're going to talk more of this in detail as we study this book, as we go on talk about the rapture more and even chapter 5 about this wrath to come. So Paul knows the Thessalonians are truly chosen children of God because they are looking for the coming of Jesus Christ. That, that's really the, the main idea. They're looking for Jesus to come. See, the Thessalonians look for Jesus' return in, you know what, loving expectation. He's the one who saved them. He's the one who raised from the dead. So in the rapture, we will be raised from the dead to live with him forever in heaven in that rapture time to be with him. Now understand, yeah, just a quick little timeline. First, there's a rapture, right? We go to heaven. Then the seven-year tribulation, that's the earthly wrath. And then Jesus' second coming at the end of that where he will set up his kingdom. Okay. Paul sees this in the Thessalonians, and this is our last point. Casting aside idols and looking for the return of the Lord show your love for Jesus. Do you see that? They're not into the idols anymore. Their heart is for Jesus. Casting aside the idols and now looking for the return of their Lord whom they love. It shows your love for Jesus. It's all proof of life that God has come in to your life. It's not about a religion no more. It's about a relationship with Jesus. So they cast aside the idols, looking for the return of the Lord, show your love for Jesus. Back in March around, actually it was right around the time the whole quarantine lockdown was happening, uh, I was waiting for two packages to come from Amazon I ordered. One was actually this leather watch band for my Apple Watch that I had ordered and I was excited, oh, you know, looking for that. A second package was a blouse that my wife had ordered. Well, when it got close to the day when, when uh, the scheduled delivery, you know, of these items, you know what I was looking out for? My watch, man. <laughs> I didn't care about her blouse. Who cares about that? You know, you're looking at the tracking information. You're, you're saying, well, where is it now? What cities? Oh, Honolulu, right? Everything comes from Honolulu from the mainland. And then, oh, it's on Maui. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking out for this thing. But my wife's package, oh, who cares about that? <laughs> you know, sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, this is like what Paul saw with the Thessalonians. They cast aside those idols. And you know what they looked for? They were looking in expectation for the one they cared about. That was Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, does Jesus have that number one place in your life? Do you have that love where you're, you're waiting for his return in expectation? Do you have that love like, like I don't care about any, of these, any other thing in this world. I want to get to church. I want to be with Jesus. I want to worship him. I want to sit in his presence. Do you love Jesus like that? Or is there an idol on that throne of your heart? You know, an idol is anything that takes the place, of, takes the place and priority of God in your heart and your life. Well, you know, it's time, you guys, to do what these guys did. Cast aside those idols. Cast them aside. Put them aside. And put Jesus there. You know, when you love someone, you, you long to be with them, right? 
Your, your mind, your, 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 your things that you do is scheduled around that person you love or the person you want to be with. Well, that's what we need to do as believers. And when we do that, we show truly that we are children of God. When we love Jesus, truly, we show we are His. Start loving Jesus. Maybe, maybe you've kind of let that slide, you guys. It's time to love Jesus first. And you know what? Maybe you love Jesus. Well, love Jesus more. Even more now. Actually, we can never love him enough, can we? J.C. Ryle said, Of all the things that will surprise us in the resurrection morning, this, I believe, will surprise us most, that we did not love Christ more before we died. I love that. I don't want to have any regrets, you know. I want to say, oh. God, I, I, I loved you the most I can. Well, as we close, we see Paul sees in the Thessalonians the evidence that they are the chosen children of God in their, self, in their joy in their salvation, in your walk of faith, in your love for Jesus. And all this basically shows that when the Holy Spirit moves and the Word of God is powerful and comes into our, our lives, it shows all these things. These things are evidence of God in our lives, that God has saved us. And it makes sense, right? Because when God comes in life, it changes our life. Listen, what the world offers, it doesn't work, you guys. You want to change life? You truly want to follow Jesus? You, 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 want, to, you, you want Jesus in a relationship, not a religion? You've got to give your life to Him. You've got you to hear what the Spirit is saying and moving upon you right now. What the world offers doesn't work. I'll close with the story. A man was riding in a taxi, and when they came to a red light, the driver went right on through the red. The man said, hey, 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 the, the light was red. You're supposed to stop. The driver replied and said, yeah, I know, but my brother does it all the time. When they came to another red light, and again, he went right straight through the red, and the passenger said, you're going to get us killed. The light was red again. Why, why didn't you stop? The, the driver said, don't worry about it. My brother does it all the time. Then they came to a green light. When they got to the green light, the taxi driver stopped. The, the man, the passenger said, the light is green. Now it's time to go. Why don't you go through? And the driver answered, I know it's green. But you never know when my brother may be coming through the other way. <laughs> well, you know what? That's the world's thinking. Trying to do the opposite of what makes sense. Going on the red and stopping on the green. You know what, you guys? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. But what makes sense is the truth of God, and what works is the truth in Jesus. The gospel works, you guys. The gospel saves. The gospel works. The gospel changes. Jesus transforms people. Jesus makes a difference in our life. So you can see it in the lives of those who have come to Jesus, like these Thessalonians, like what Paul is saying, those who have received and accepted him. That is the proof of life. Let's pray. Jesus, Thank you for being in our lives, Lord, and thank you that you've saved us. And God, I pray that as we are reminded of these things, as, we are, as you are speaking to us in these areas, Lord, that we would not be lazy spiritually, that we would be reminded and know 
the gospel works, that your transformation is real and the Holy Spirit moving upon us, even right now, is real. And you're real. You are our living God. So Lord, remind us, let us get back to, if we lost it, that joy of salvation, the excitement about you. Help us, God, to really walk faithfully, walk in faith, God, to, to let our lives be a testimony. And just how we live, even if we're going against the flow in God, oh, Lord, stir our hearts up even more to love you more and more and more, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I love you, God, and may we all fall in love with you continually. And, Lord, may what we see, what you're doing in our life, God, Truly show us that we are children of God, and may that be the proof of life, Lord, our new life in you. So I pray for everyone right now that you would help us, God, with these things. And as we give our life to you, that you would meet us, Lord, and empower us to live like how you like. In Jesus' name, amen.